Oh my gosh, I just, I can't even, I can't even imagine. This is crazy. This phone never rings. This is nuts. No, that, no one ever calls here. Taking me by surprise, because the high call of the Covenant Living, okay, what were we saying? Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Essential Presents. So one of the things, as I've mentioned a thousand times probably, that I get to do um, with here working on campuses, I get to do a lot of marriage preps. And one of the things that is fascinating is when I talk to couples and kind of in this, I don't know, day and age, one of the things that comes up regularly is people, not, not the couples who are coming here because they're getting ready to get married, but a lot of times they know people, they have friends, um, they're people in their lives who say about themselves and their significant other, like, we don't, we don't need to get married. Why? Because we don't need a piece of paper to prove that we love each other. And, and it's, again, almost every couple that I work with has heard someone say that about their relationship. Um, and, and, and essentially, okay, I don't need a piece of paper to prove that I love this person. That's why we don't need to get married. That is, um, they're right. <laughs> the church would pretty much agree. You don't need a piece of paper to prove that you love someone. That would be a contract. And contracts are good. Um, what is a contract? A contract is an agreement for an exchange of goods or services based off of a condition. Right, so that's what a contract is. It's an agreement for an exchange of goods or services based off of a condition. So if I need to re-roof the house, I call the, the roofer and they drop a contract. The contract says, you know, I pay this much money down, they re-roof the house, then I owe them whatever the rest of it, of it is. And the thing is, if I don't pay that money down, they don't have to do their part. Like if I don't do my part, they don't have to do their part. And if they don't re-roof the house, I don't have to do my part. So basically, it's this condition. The condition is, if I do what I said I was going to do, then you get have to do what you said you are going to do. But if I don't do what I said I was going to do, then you don't have to do what you said you were going to do. And so, right, it's a contract. And again, an agreement for an exchange of goods or services based off a condition. And it's super helpful. The problem is, the problem is when we enter into marriage or approach marriage with a contract mentality. And so sometimes that contract mentality is, is, is shallow. I mean, maybe not, maybe not you listening to this or watching this. Um, but sometimes it could be the shallowness of, well, you know, I will, I'll keep coming home as long as you stay cute or whatever, right? As long as you stay handsome. That, that'd be a very shallow, obviously, contract mentality. But maybe there's a lot of deep people, a lot of people who are otherwise faithful, who might enter into marriage with a contract mentality like this, like, um, well, I'll be patient with you if you're patient with me. Or I'll be kind to you if you're kind to me. Or even like this big one. I'll be faithful to you if you're faithful to me. But the contract mentality would say, but if you're not, then I'm not, I don't have to be. If you're not kind, I don't have to be kind. If you're not patient, I don't have to be patient. If you're not faithful, then I don't have to be faithful. Again, that's painful, right? That's, that's a, uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the amount of pain that would bring to a relationship. But with a contract mentality, a contract approach perspective to marriage, that voids the contract. Because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Therefore, I don't have to do what I said I was going to do. So that's not how Catholics look at marriage. We actually, how we look at marriage is with a covenant mentality. In fact, you might have heard this word covenant. It goes all the way back to the beginnings of the Bible, where in that, the people in that, where the Bible was originally written, right, in the Middle East, people there, they would enter into covenants with each other, where, where it wouldn't just be two people now are united under a contract or two tribes united under some kind of agreement, it was now, these two people are now one. It's this, this, these two tribes are now one tribe. These two families are now one family. You'd enter a covenant, which basically says this. I mean, it actually goes back to the Lord himself, where God says, I'll be your God, you will be my people. Basically, every, con every covenant, <laughs> every covenant at the heart of it 
is not an exchange of goods or services. Not, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. Every covenant at the heart of a covenant is an exchange of persons with no condition. Right? So, so a contract is an exchange, agreement for an exchange of goods or services based off a condition. A covenant is an exchange of persons with no condition. It's when one looks at the other and says, I'm yours now and you're mine. For God, again, as we said, God says, I am your God. You are my people. That's the arrangement. Now, we belong to each other. And, and the, the remarkable thing to, to highlight is the fact that there's no condition there, right? There's, there's only I'm yours and you're mine. So you can't void a covenant. I can void a contract. Just don't do what I said I was going to do. But I can't void a covenant. And this is the distinction. This is one of the reasons why in the New Testament, Jesus makes it very, very clear that marriage is a covenant. A person cannot divorce, divorce their spouse and marry another. They're still married. They'd be committing adultery, Jesus says, because you can't void a covenant. And if that marriage was a covenant, then it still exists even if you're living in two different places. Even if you attempt to marry someone else, you're already married, which is one of those really heavy things, right? It's one of those, I mean, again, the contract mentality is hard to live with because you, re you realize at any given moment, right, that person could void the contract. I could void the contract. A covenant mentality is difficult to live with because you know that if that person leaves me, I will spend the rest of my life as a married person with their spouse who lives somewhere else. That's the agreement though. This is the high call to covenant living that if the other person leaves, we're still married which is heavy, right? And it's, it's so important that couples approaching marriage discern that, that it's a risk, that I realize that this person that I'm marrying who isn't perfect and that they're marrying someone who's not perfect, that this is a risk. And, and at the same time, there's something so powerful, something so beautiful about this, which is to say, here is someone who loves you this much. They're willing to risk the rest of their life for the chance to marry you. Here's someone who, who trusts you. Even in all your brokenness, they trust you enough that they're willing to risk the rest of their life for the chance to love you for the rest of their lives. And it's, it's, just, it's amazing. It's, it's one of those incredible, incredible gifts, incredible, again, it's a high call. It's one of the reasons why as Christians, as Catholics, we see marriage as a vocation. We see marriage as, it's one of the ways that we're called to follow after Jesus. St. John Paul II, he once said, a person who does not love forever will find it very difficult to truly love for even one day. The person who does not decide, does not choose to love forever, will find it very difficult to truly love for even one day. And what does that mean? Well, here's what I think it means. Um, <laughs> G.K. Chesterton, back in the day, right? I, I remember hearing someone who said that he had once said that, he was an atheist being a Catholic, he once said that people get so mad at the Catholic Church for, for making couples promise forever when they get married. He said, but, but, but that's what love wants to do. Right? That even if the church didn't make, quote unquote, make people promise forever when they got married, that's what love wants to do. Love wants to promise forever. For example, I always tell our couples, like I, when I point this out, I say, you know, you can come here and I can say, okay, here's the three different kind of vows. There's the three-year vows, the, the seven-year vows, and the forever vows. So don't make any big, big decisions. Don't make any, uh, you know, rash choices, but pray about it. Talk about it. And if someone were to come back and say, I like those seven-year vows. You know, the other person would probably say, I don't want to give you my 20s. I'm not going to give you my... It's either we get married forever or this is over, right? Why? Because love wants to promise forever. A person who does not choose to love forever will find it very difficult to truly love for even one day. And here's the incredible thing. The church, 
in the sacrament of matrimony, of marriage and family, gives a person, gives a couple the opportunity to love that way. Gives the per- people the opportunity to promise forever, the opportunity to choose to promise to love someone with no condition. And that's, I think, what all of us want, right? We all want unconditional love. And here's marriage, which gives a person, a broken person, an imperfect person, a chance to risk everything and to choose to love another imperfect person, another broken person, unconditionally. That's kind of what's at the heart of covenant, where Jack and Jill look at each other and say, I, Jack, take you, Jill, and I, Jill, take you, Jack. I'm yours and you're mine. That's the difference between a covenant and a contract. Anyways, from all of us here at Ascension Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.